Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Laura Iman, 20 years ago, overweight, newly divorced, without direction and unemployed, Laura began studying the mindset of Olympic athletes, Navy SEALs, and Greek philosophers. She developed a mental toughness program to overcome her negative attitude, lack of direction, and life-threatening sugar addiction once and for all. Wow, did she get results. Fast forward to winning a gold medal in Olympic weightlifting at age 63 and qualifying for the world championships twice at age 64. Welcome, Laura. How are you today? Great. Thank you, Terry. I love being here with you. You're such a vibrant, vivacious boomer. Love connecting with you. Thank you. And I'm happy to have you with us today to share your story because I believe it's going to inspire lots of other boomers. So your first win was beating the sugar addiction, then getting involved with CrossFit at age 60. And then how did that lead to you winning a gold medal in Olympic weightlifting at 63? Tell us your story. (laughs) Well, as your introduction says, I was up until the age of 48 years old, I'm now 68. Up until 48 years old, I felt like kind of a loser. Mm. And I was spending a lot of time with my nose in the pint of ice cream or the chocolate chip cookies, eating my way through the day and then eating my way through the evening because being a loser doesn't feel very good. So what do we do? We medicate. And people in our culture medicate in a lot of different ways. But my drug of choice was sugar. And I remember I was addicted to sugar from the age of five. I just wasn't aware of it at that time. And I slowly became aware of it in my 30s and 40s. But I had hit my bottom, Terry, one day, or I'd hit many bottoms. But one day at the age of 48, I was newly divorced and I was uh, miserable. I had two young kids. I had no direction and Mm. no job. And I was miserable. My life was basically in the gutter. And I was bored one Sunday. So I went across the street to my neighbor, Dan and Linda's house. And I said, well, I'll just go hang out with them. And I had my bag of chocolate chip cookies. And I walked across the street to Dan and Linda's. And there's Dan in the TV den watching a documentary. And I sat down next to him and said, Dan, what are you watching on TV? And he said, shh, Laura, I'm, I'm watching a documentary on the Navy SEALs. Well, I didn't, I didn't really even know who they were. I'm embarrassed to say. And I could have cared less, but I didn't want to go home and be alone. So I just sat there and munched on my chocolate chip cookies. And sure enough, I got kind of really sucked in to the documentary. About 10 minutes into it, Terry, I said to Dan, I said, holy cow, Dan, these guys are amazing. These guys have integrity. They have accountability. They're fit. They have a personal ethos. They work together. They care about each other. They, they get up in the morning and they do what they say they're going to do. They're fit. 
they are capable. These guys are so mentally tough and confident and trustworthy. I said, Dan, I, I want to be like these guys. And he looks at me and he says, what are you on some kind of a sugar high, Laura? Are you going to now go home at the age of 48 and join the Navy SEALs? And I, I got up from my chair and I threw the bag of cookies in his lap and he said, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I went home and what I'm describing to you and your listeners is, is I hit my final bottom. I was so deeply in pain and it was seeing that documentary on this highest, even most elite form in our military service. I'd never even known who these guys were. Oh, they're amazing. They are amazing. Um, all, everybody in the military is amazing. Yes. And I always yes. like to share that from yes. the person who is swabbing the airline aircraft carrier decks right up to the toppest, biggest top brass. I thank you all for serving. I just happened to have this experience with this right. documentary. 21 years ago. And I went home and I hit my deepest bottom ever, had a big boo-hoo. And I said, I want better for myself. I want, most importantly, I want better for my young children that I loved more than life itself. And I said, I'm a loser. I'm in the gutter and I don't like the view from the gutter. And I want to be like a Navy SEAL. I want what they have. Well, this was before, you know, social media was big and the internet was big. I mean, today you just go click, click, and you've got all resources at your disposal. Well, I went to the library and I started studying them and I took out autobiographies on them and I literally started to copy their attitude, what we now call their mindset. What's their attitude? And I copied their training programs and what they ate and how they slept. And I wasn't up to doing the physical routines that they were doing, but I certainly was inspired to start a better physical routine based on what they were doing. And then from there, Terry, I got so involved in the Olympic athletes and the Paralympic athletes because, heck, I realized I, Laura, want to be a, a winner. I don't want to be a loser. I made that decision. And mm -hmm. not only did I want to follow the mindset of the Navy SEALs, but I started to study the habits of Olympic athletes and Paralympic athletes. I mean, can you imagine any two groups that win more than <laughs> and inspire more than Olympic and Paralympic athletes in the Navy SEALs? I had a lot of work cut out for me and I surrounded myself with support systems, but I got off my butt and I stopped saying I can't. And I stopped saying, woe is me. I had a lot of pity parties, but nobody came to them. <laughs> None, nobody. And I said, what's wrong with this picture? And I had a victim attitude and I had a sense of entitlement attitude. I could go on and on, but we only have an right. hour. So right. long story short, I cleaned up my act and it took years, but we, so we don't change overnight, but every day I got a little bit better. And it was that day that I saw that documentary with Dan and I threw those cookies in his lap. That was the last day that I ever have, that I've sunk my teeth into any kind of dessert or sugar. Wow. Ever. And, and junk really food. Really good. Junk, junk food. And so that's 21 and a half years ago. And wow. my mental toughness program that I developed over the years after this profound hitting bottom experience, for example, for your viewers and listeners, I, you know, we just had Thanksgiving. I just made uh, an apple pie and a pumpkin pie with my two-year-old grandson and served it up to the entire family at Thanksgiving. And I didn't even notice 
it. I didn't have, it never would have occurred to me to have had a bite. And I wasn't pining away and gee, I wish I could have a piece. I didn't even notice what I was doing. It was just, I was on autopilot with my two-year-old son, grandson. Mm -hmm. And so you see, this is where you can get. And I have a little treat for myself. I love apples and cheese. And so that was my dessert while everybody else was having three pieces of apple pie a la mode, which used to be (laughs) my favorite. But there was no loss and no woe is me and no desire, no nothing. So I just share that because you see, it's very, very fun what the mind can do when you make a decision, you have a strategy, and then you practice it. Right. And that's mindset is so important in every aspect of life. It really is. People don't understand. I was diagnosed with cancer back in 2017. And as soon as I was diagnosed, I didn't go, why me? Why me? I go, okay, this is what I have to deal with. Let's move on. Let's deal with it. And I said, what lesson do I need to learn? There's obviously a lesson here. And I took my therapy and I moved on and I'm fine. But if you don't have the right mindset and you start wallowing, it can get worse and you will not recover. To recover and get over cancer, you must have the right mindset. Mindset is everything. That's a beautiful, beautiful story. And in my four-step mental toughness program, I literally teach baby boomers and beyond, older and younger, how to develop that mindset. Because what you just said is so commendable, so commendable. It is everything. And for the first 45 years of my life, I didn't buy into that, Terry. I thought that was kind of woo-woo, bunk. I just didn't buy into it. But honestly, what we're talking about, mindset, is metaphysics. Mm-hmm. Right. Thoughts, whatever you think eventually comes to pass. Well, guess who, guess who started talking about that stuff? That stuff wasn't invented by like Oprah 15 years ago. The Greek philosophers and the Stoics, the Greek Stoic philosophers were talking Absolutely. about mindset in 500 BC. The Stoics yep. were all about focus on what you can control in your mindset. So this is not something new. I'm frankly just plagiarizing from from people throughout the course of history. Right, right. And you know, when I was in my 30s and 40s, I wasn't there yet either. I was diagnosed with cancer at age 66. By that time, I understood that I was eating wrong. There were things I had to change in my Mm. life that I avoided doing. And then when the cancer showed up, I went, okay, now I have to make some choices. I have to make changes and I have to have a better mental attitude. And I changed everything. And so you can't just take chemotherapy or radiation and think the cancer is going away. That's only a small part. You have to change how you think, what you eat, how you exercise. Everything in your life has to change or it will come back. It'll be Mm. gone for a little bit, but it will come back. And I knew that. So Mm. I just changed everything. Thank you for sharing that with me. And you inspire me. I love to add one thing, which I'm sure you'll agree with. Mm -hmm. And I'm very clear about this in my program because when I I coach women, although it's interesting when I do corporate workshops, it's men and women because the guys, because, because I love talking to the guys as well. But, right. but I, sh- I say, I say it's very important to understand that when you're developing a yes, I can mindset and you get hit with a cancer scare or you lose a job or you just have a bad day, yeah. it is very important that you feel your feelings. In my yes. program, right, see, so you get it. In my yes. program, it's not about sucking it up and powering right. through something and pretending it's not there and I'm going to be tough. 
Right. That's called willpower. And right. Willpower can be, I practice willpower about 5% of the time, but it willpower lasts until about Thursday. The mental toughness program, my four steps, you have to express your feelings. And then as you're learning my steps, you say, okay, now I've processed them. Maybe I've gone to a therapist for three weeks or three months or whatever, whatever I've needed to do. I'm now ready to move on and take the next step. But we can't let those scary, negative, angry, bitter feelings just fester inside. Let them out, but then we move on. I always say, you know, put an egg timer on your on your on right. your scary, angry emotions. Put an egg timer, right. the kitchen egg timer on it, and have at it. Cry in your beer, and then we get up and we move on. Yes. Now I'll tell you, the worst part of my cancer was when I lost my hair. That was traumatic. So that was very emotional. I cried. I would not shave my hair off. I just let it fall out. And it was in the summertime. In fact, it started falling out on my birthday, oh, my 67th my birthday. So happy birthday. Oh, my God. Uh, so I just put a hat on and I just continue to go out and walk every day. There were little strands of blonde hair because I used uh, to color it blonde. And I just thought I, I couldn't let go of it that easily. I thought, when it all falls out, it does, but I'm not shaving it off. I saved it in a little plastic bag. <laughs> I was, that was the most traumatic sure. thing of the whole thing. And then it came back in gray and I went, you know what? It looks fine. I'm just going to live with it. I'm older. It's time to be gray. <laughs> so I never colored it again. I, I just it. kept it. I love but it. that was very traumatic and that yes. was very hard. But yes. I got through it. Like you said, you cry about it, you get through it and then you move on. Yes. And that was even worse than the chemo. The hair falling out mm, was worse, mm, mm. but you know, other people have dealt with it. There have young kids that got cancer and their hair fell out, but I knew I was never going back to being that blonde woman anymore. I knew. So I had to kind of kiss myself goodbye there as well. Cause now I had to say, okay, I'm older. I have gray hair. It's time to let go of the blonde because the color, it was actually toxic for me. And I knew for years that coloring your hair could be toxic, but actually a couple months before I was diagnosed, as I put the color on, I would get a metallic taste in my mouth. That was a big red flag, but it didn't it didn't set off any red flags, but that should have told me because in the past that never happened. But as I think, as your body becomes more toxic with other things, then I'm still continuing to color my hair. That was overload and I could taste metal in my mouth. So I should have known a couple months earlier, something was up and stopped coloring, but you know, you look cute as a little blonde. I, it was hard to let go of that. Sure. <laughs> But I finally did. And but but that's another thing. Like if people are out there and they're having things like that happen, go to the doctor, get some tests done, because that was a huge red flag that I did not pay attention to. Good it, for, it was like good three, for your listeners to know. Yeah. Yeah. It was three or four months later when I found a lump that I went to the doctor. And, you know, that was that. Now, I'll say the first thing that happened was I was very, very tired. I was taking an hour and a half nap every day. So I went to the doctors and I said, this is crazy. I'm never this tired. So she did blood work and she said, oh, you're low in iron. We just need to give you iron. She should have checked other things too, because when a 66 year old woman comes in and says she's very tired, 
chances are it's not just iron. There are other things. So we, I took the iron for a couple months. Then I found a lump mm. in my groin. So mm. then I went back to her and she was kind of embarrassed. We did the ultrasounds and all the other tests. And, but if you're very, very tired, more tired than usual, that's another big red flag. So there were red flags that I just wasn't paying attention to. But when I found the lump, it's like, okay, now we got it. We got to do something. There's something wrong. And then it just went very quickly after that. But when your body is different and you can feel that you're going to feel cancer before the doctor knows, but so you've got to pay attention to your own body and every cancer is different. I had lymphoma, which is thank God, very, very curable, very easy to cure, but that's how mine uh, came about. So, but if someone's out there in the audience and you're very tired, then you need to go to the doctor and address that. And don't let the doctor tell you it's only iron or, you know, make sure you have enough tests done because once you're over 60, a lot of us get cancer. And, you know, that should have been something that she thought about and looked at too. And it wasn't until I found the lump that we even addressed it. So just put it out there as a precaution. Good idea. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. So now at 68, you are a Navy SEAL certified mental toughness coach. So tell us more about that. What was the program like that you went through and the training to give you that mental toughness? So it was a beautiful coincidence that this occurred because 21 years ago, I started studying the Navy SEALs and practicing their their mindset and their habits and their attitudes, and slowly over the years, developing my four-step program that I could share with other women so they could win at really whatever they want put their mind to. And it was, it actually, Terry, about a couple of years after I got off the sugar and I was really practicing my mental toughness program, I decided to start a business in my spare bedroom. And I knew nothing about business, but I was very creative and I had kind of an entrepreneurial free spirit. And I came across a really great gift idea and created a couple of prototypes in my spare bedroom and started to experiment with it and and, uh, took it to a couple of different printers. And lo and behold, I had a little business up and running. And within two years, I had endorsements for this product from Oprah, Rachel Ray, Barbara Walters, Kathy Lee, and Hoda. And the product was featured in seven national women's magazines in their editor's best picks. And the product is still still up and running. It's actually a great Christmas present. It's called PicPads, as in picture, photo notepads, P-I-C-P-A-D-S.com. But it, it was just a, a very interesting and exciting example of when you get rid of the self-pity and you start practicing mental toughness, which is to say developing a yes, I can attitude and doing my four steps, you can start to win at stuff. I mean, you don't win at everything, but I started to this small business and it's still going 16 years later and I got all these endorsements and then of course all the orders started coming in and it was like it was like Lucy <laughs> Arnez in the chocolate factory with the candy right. flying all over the place. I mean I couldn't make enough pick pads <laughs> all day wow. long. But that was a very exciting adventure. And and then I started doing CrossFit at age 60. Uh, I'd never seen a barbell before, but I was practicing the Navy SEAL mindset all through these many, many years. And I came across 
on social media an advertisement for Navy retired Navy SEAL commander Mark Devine's program called Unbeatable Mind. And mm-hmm. it is a uh, a program that he has developed over the years. He was a very, very successful, prominent Navy SEAL for 25 years, uh, a commander. He's out in Carlsbad, California. And I've heard of him because mm-hmm. he's involved in CrossFit and I'm involved in CrossFit. So through oh. social media, you sort of track the superstars. He has a right. CrossFit style of uh, work, uh, a gym out in California called SEAL Fit. And anyway, I saw him on social media and he was advertising his Unbeatable Mind Navy SEAL mental toughness program. And I said, heck, I'm already practicing this, but this could be a great PhD type of certification to really enhance my business. It was just at the start of COVID. I signed up. So we weren't going to Carlsbad, California. Everything was through Zoom. It took me a year to get my Navy SEAL certification with him. And so sure enough, it's like putting fertilizer on my mental toughness coaching. I'm very proud to be affiliated with them and the SEALs and the whole community out there through Zoom. We were connected. We were dealing with people all over the world. And uh, he has, I mean, to be able to learn mental toughness skills directly from this top dog was very, very cool. So we would meet a couple of times a week with everybody else in the class on Zoom and then have homework. And so that was a couple of years ago now. And so I've got my certification on the website, but it's just, it's just really amplifying what I was already practicing. And I learned so many amazing new techniques and have just even a higher regard for the Navy SEALs than I ever did before. I bet. I bet. They are remarkable. Right. And there's a saying you have for boomers, which I love. And this kind of ties in with that. We did Woodstock and Watergate together. Let's not do wheelchairs together. (laughs) Correct. You have that on the back of one of your shirts, I think. Yes. Uh (laughs) It's a slogan for all you baby boomers out there. We are a very special tribe. I mean, look what we went through in the 60s together. Unfortunately, we went through Vietnam and Watergate, but we did Woodstock together. The pill was invented then. We had the best rock and roll ever, Terry. We did. We We are such, I I just love my fellow baby boomers, but I am getting a little bit concerned. I look Mm -hmm. around and I see my boomers and I see that... A lot of them are overweight. Their posture is not good. I fear for their health, but I also really fear for their attitude. I hear a lot of, I can't, Laura, and you don't understand coming out of their mouth when I just have a general conversation with them. And it greatly, greatly concerns me because we are such a special group of people. We've been through so much together and we're going to be living probably 15, 20 more years. And I absolutely want to ask, maybe 30. Yeah, I want to, maybe 30. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) How do we want to live these next 20, 25 more years? I'm all about let's make a contribution. Let's give back. So many of us are retired. We have a little extra income, maybe. We've got time on our hands. Sure, exhale after working hard for 30 years, take a break, but then sit down, ask yourself, how do I want to reinvent myself? Because Laura's right. I'm probably going to be around another 15 or 20 years, even if you're around just five years or one more year. We don't know when we're going out. How do you want to live today? How do you want to live tomorrow? The world more than ever now desperately needs every baby boomer at their very best, radiant, vibrant, dynamic, 
healthy and serving somebody in need somehow, I some way. Agree with and that. So totally. I am here to help. I do workshops, one-on-one coaching to say, baby boomers, you count. Your life is too special. Let's right. not live on the sofa any longer. Put down that donut and pick up a dumbbell. Let's get some mental tasks. I'll show you how I will literally teach you how to develop a positive mental attitude. You know, there's right. so many books out there now on happiness and happiness is a big business right now. And, you know, get a positive mental attitude, be positive. Well, nobody tells you how to. Right. And I right. do, you know, because honestly, a lot of us have been through a lot of a lot of hard times. We've hit bankruptcy, Absolutely. we've had cancer, we've had yep. children die or children go to jail on, on drug charges, or we've been divorced or just terrible, terrible things that so many of us have experienced. Right. And, 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 and we can use those experiences and turn them into how can I get stronger and, and share my pain and suffering? How can I turn that into an asset and be of service to others instead of wallowing in that? I mean, I've had plenty of hardships in my family, you know, don't get me started, but you know, like who cares? Right. <laughs> I'd rather right. get out I... there and, and, and make a difference. And, and so I'm just so passionate about that. And that's why I so appreciate being able to talk to you about it and get to our fellow baby boomers through you and say, just, just don't, don't ever, don't ever become complacent and give up. No. And mm -hmm. I fear, I fear that that's happening. Yeah. And the first thing is you've got to become healthier and you've got to do some exercising. It doesn't have to be crazy exercise. I get out and walk every day and I lift some weights just to keep my bones strong, but it doesn't have to be crazy, but you have to be fit in order to do anything else. And I, we want to share what we've learned with the younger population. Yes. And we can't do that if we're not fit. So getting a little bit healthier and fit is your first step. And then what do I want to share with everybody else? What can I share with the world? And it's so easy to share. You can start a podcast. You can write a book. You can go out and make speeches to the local groups, to schools, whatever. There's so many things we can do as boomers to help the next generation and the one before that, our grand children. There's so much we can do. We don't want to just sit on a couch. That's no way to be. We need to give back. We and bo boomers do want to give back. We really do. But you've got to be healthy first. So take those small baby steps, become healthy, and then get out there and share your talents. Yeah, beautiful. I love it. You are on a you are on a yeah. roll. It's so, so true. I even developed within my mental toughness program, I developed a, a great program called what are your three P's? What are your passions? What are your principles? And from there, what is your ultimate purpose? Because I do coach baby boomers one-on-one -on -one to help them reinvent themselves. A lot of women say, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm single, I'm divorced, I'm semi-retired. I don't know what the heck I'm going to do next. And I'm 62 years old. And so I, we do the three P's together through the one-on-one -on -one coaching. And it's really exciting because you're right, Terry. There's so many options out there. But interestingly enough, so many people say, I don't know what I want to do. I was in banking for 30 years. I don't want to do banking or finance. Oh, no, I don't no. really want to do a podcast. I mean, you're doing a podcast. I don't want to do this. I don't feel like doing that. And I say, that's fine. That's great. Keep saying right. what you don't want to do because we're going to eventually find 
what is what are your passions? We're going to figure that out. It is so much fun. It is so and much everyone's fun. passion is different. Yeah. Everyone. That's the good thing. Because yeah. if we all did podcasts, there'd be no one to listen. <laughs> so, you know, everyone's different. Everyone has to take that. My passion is the podcast and talking you and speaking. Are but right. That's so everyone's perfect. In, I interviewed a woman from my area, from Doylestown. I bumped it into her at Central Park, which is where I go to walk because I live on a busy road. So I can't just walk out my front door. So I drive to the park and there's lots of different places to walk and you're in nature and there's ponds and it's just beautiful. Well, I bumped into her one day and she actually started volunteering for the township doing gardening. So she was a school teacher, so she was never really a gardener. But once she was retired, she wanted to get back to the community. She started helping with gardening in this central park. And she went back to school to become a master gardener. That's and now cool. she's got a group of people under her that help a couple times a month. Everybody goes and helps weed and plant new plants and whatever she needs. And she said the best thing about it is she has met so many new friends, young and old, that it has been the best thing she's done since she retired. I, I just love this. Yes. That is beautiful. And here's the other thing. It doesn't mean that a listener here hearing this beautiful story doesn't mean you have to go out and crush it and start this whole gardening business and you got no. 40 volunteers underneath you. You don't have to do that. Of course, it's just a beautiful example of a woman who, who did that. You could just be a gardener who says, I don't want any responsibility, but I want to get dirt under my fingernails and make a difference yep. in my township and beautify my town and meet people. So I love being a volunteer, and I'm just going to do what I'm told to do. Right now, Terry, I am volunteering at our local food bank, and I don't want to take on too much responsibility right now for a variety of reasons. I just show up for three hours a week, and I'm the perfect volunteer. I just do what they tell me to do. I have no agenda, <laughs> and I am fascinated by what goes on, and it is deeply, deeply moving to think that and very humble, humbling that my three hours is helping to feed, they feed like 700 families a week. And wow. my three hours is a contribution towards putting right. food on the table. So it doesn't mean I have to run the whole packing nope. department nope. or go in the kitchen and do 15 hours right. of cooking. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's really, that's why when we get clear on what our purpose and our passions and our principles are, we're very much in charge and it's not, oh, I should do this or I should do that. It's, I want to do this, but yes, you have to find it's not out about what it should. is. No, right. it's you, not- you, you got to find it out. And it takes a while right. because we've been working so hard raising kids and, and doing uh, work. And, you know, this is time for ourselves now to really become selfish Absolutely. and say, what do I want for me, my yes. spouse? What do I want for, for me to, to, for the next, for the next five, 10 years? And you can chunk it down to what do I want to do for the next six months? I get so excited talking about this stuff. You know, it's so true. And you know, a coach can really help you do that faster. Totally. You can't do it on your own. It's like writing your own resume. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I happen to figure it out on my own, but that's just the way I am. But I've had different coaches all through the years for different things. So I kind of knew how to figure it out, but not most people don't. So get a coach that can help you through the process. There is a process that will bring it out. Yep. You you will figure it out if you go through the process. And and really all successful people have many coaches. 
Yes. Don't fall into the category of thinking, well, I don't know what I want. I'm kind of a mental weenie. I need help. I need a coach. It's actually the opposite. It's like, I really want the best for myself and I need to get a coach to that can really help me shine. And I don't want to take three years to figure it out. You know, right. and look at Tom Brady, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He has like five right. coaches. And he right. always has had five coaches. Now that doesn't mean that we baby boomers need five coaches. No. <laughs> but um, but just have somebody in your court to really help you, you know, move in the direction you want to move. It's really fun stuff. It sounds fun. You must, it's a great job for you. It's wonderful. I'm very grateful. People yeah. say to me, why do you do this? And I say, because I used to be a loser. And being a loser is so painful. And I have days when I'm losing. But I'm right. not a loser. And those right. are just their days. They're not weeks or months. But I, I don't want people to suffer like that. It's the, as I said, the view from the gutter is terrible. It certainly is. <laughs> and we've all been down. I've had my ups and my of downs, course. but you work through them. But if you have someone to help you and point things out, it's now you went out and found your own at the library by reading and studying athletes in the seals. And that was a great way, but that was slow. If you had known of a coach that could have held your hand, you could have done it faster, but you got there and that's the important thing. And now you're able to extend the hand and help other exactly. people. Exactly. Right. Yep. Yeah. Which is wonderful. So in closing, do you have a mental toughness tip from your toolbox to help boomers? And then where can they reach you? Where can they find you? I have a toolbox that is so loaded with my tools. I have Uh, my four-step strategy and then I have tools, which are fertilizer that you throw in the strategy, but gosh, for my baby boomers, hmm, I really would say that this is not necessarily a tip. It's really kind of an inspirational kick in the butt because I love my fellow baby boomers. So I say this from the heart, never, ever, ever give up on yourself and say, Laura, you don't understand. I can't blah, blah, blah. I hear it a lot. And I respectfully listen Mm -hmm. and I don't try to tell them they're wrong. I listen to it because a lot of people are hurting. But when you find yourself saying that, realize that when a person says I can't, it really means I won't. For the most part, there are exceptions to that rule. And just don't ever give up on yourself and and become complacent. Raise your standards, look at your standards and say, I want better for myself. I really want to lose the 30 pounds and get more energy and be vibrant. I don't necessarily need to lose 60 or 70. I would be happy with 30. And I agree with that. I coach a lot of people on weight loss. And I have a couple of women right now who want to lose 100 pounds. And I said, well, let's start with 30. How would it feel to lose 30? And they say, you don't understand. That would be so amazing. And I said, well, right. let's just lose 30 this year. Right. And, and then we can take it from there. It's less daunting. But, but don't give up on yourself. The world desperately, desperately, desperately needs you. And I'm here to help anybody. Call me for a free consultation. I'd love to hear from you. Where are you stuck? Where, what makes you angry, upset, lonely, sad? What keeps you up at night? You know, how, how, how could becoming mentally tough and developing a, oh, yes, I can attitude help you live a really fun life? I'm a big believer in having fun. And all yeah. of this, oh, fun is all important. of this leads yeah. to having fun and doing right. satisfying things to serve others. So you can find me through my website, 
And it's mm-hmm. just, it's my name. It's Laura Iman. And I'll spell that L-A-U-R-A. And it's Iman. E is in Edward. I, M is in Mary. A, N as in Nancy. LauraIman.com. Just go there. Check it out. You can contact me or call me through the website. I'll get back to you within 24 hours. I would love to meet you. Mm. And you have so much to offer them. So I really, really encourage my baby boomers to contact you and get started because there's no reason to be sitting on the couch, being lonely, not feeling good about yourself, being tired, whatever it is, you can overcome anything by taking baby steps. It's not going to happen overnight, but you've got to take that first step. Put your foot out and take it. And then wonderful things can happen a year from now. It's exactly. not going to happen overnight, it but won't. a year from now. It right. won't. You don't listen right. to three YouTube videos on Laura and become a Navy SEAL mindset. <laughs> there's exactly. no, you know, there's no snake oil here. There's no slick cell no. or anything. I just add a love and, and a desire to serve others say, you know, we can do a, a, a complimentary call, a consultation. And, and life is just, life is not a do-it-yourself program. And as we get older, we want to isolate. We kind of say, why bother? And, you know, that's a slippery slope. And you have choices. You don't have to go down that. But life is not a do-it-yourself program. We need each other. So We do need each other. We do. And it's important to be social. It's important to laugh. And you can learn to do all these things yeah. by being with other people, <laughs> being part of a coaching program. You can learn all of that. It's all important to us staying young and living many, many years. I talk about laughter all the time. None of us laugh enough. We, we just don't. And you know what? It's so funny you mentioned that because we laugh all the time in my coaching calls. Anytime somebody calls me for a complimentary coaching call, I say, the first thing I need you to tell me is what was your favorite rock and roll group from 1969? Because I want to find out if we're going to get along or not. Right, right, right. And it's funny you mention that because I interviewed Bobby Rydell, who was one of my idols younger. And oh, he lives, my gosh. He lives in this area still. He really? He's still performing. Bobby so I interviewed him, and it was just wonderful. And he shared everything, the good and the bad. And he had a really rough time. He started drinking. He wound up. He needed um, a new kidney and a new liver, I believe, because of all he drank heavily after he lost his wife because his first wife and him. So it's a really interesting story. I think he's episode number 21. And that was really great because he was an idol of mine and see my podcast got me to interview him. And it was, it was really exciting to do that. So you never know where that next step will lead you and it'll be different for everyone, but it'll be exciting and fun no matter what. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's a beautiful story about Bobby Rydell. And you, (laughs) and you manifested that because of your positive, yes, I can get this done and attitude. And it didn't happen overnight. You know, one of my favorite slogans, and this is a Laura Iman slogan, and we can close on this is when was the last time you won at anything by saying, I can't. Yeah, you don't. Words are very important. And the more you say that word, I don't even want to repeat it. It gets into your head and you feel like you can't. I just, I just constantly talk positively to myself because other people don't, you've got to keep 
keep your your mindset high and just always talk about next week I'm going to do this. Even if you never do, you're talking about the things you want to accomplish and eventually you will. Might not be next week, but eventually you will when you just keep feeding your mind with positive things that you want to do and you will do. They will come about. That's what happens. That's how, it, that's how it's manifested. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. Well so said. I encourage my baby boomer audience, please, please um, follow Laura, uh, give her a call, get your free consultation one step at a time, move into your greatness because I know it's there and Laura knows it's there. And we both want to help you move into your greatness. Beautiful. And bring your favorite rock and roll group. There you go. <laughs> Mine is the Almond Brothers, hands down. There you go. Terry, whose was yours? Who was your, what was your favorite rock and roll group? You know, I just, I love the Beatles because they came out when I was like 13. Mm -hmm. So, and then I got married young and started having kids. So I didn't really follow some of the groups after that, but you know, the Beatles, the Dave Cart fly mamas and the papas. I mean, there were just, there were so many that I really liked that. It's hard for me. We were so blessed. I sing Dave Clark five songs to my two-year-old grandson all the time. How about that? Because, because I love you. That's their favorite, their song, Give Me One Kiss. Give me one there kiss and go. I'll be happy. I sing that to my grandson, Archie. Oh, that's great. That's a great thing to do. Uh, we had so many good groups and individuals like Bobby Rydell that, you know, really it's hard to choose. But I'm hoping to interview more of those older people too, because some of them are continuing to work in yes. their 70s and 80s. And they all have good advice for us all of them love it even if they're not love working. it you go get so, them you crush it i will i will absolutely let me so know when you, you interview the dave clark five or did he just die did he the lead singer just died? well anyway anybody from the day well i love them all but yeah yeah there's so many i'll let you know I'll all right terry know. thanks so much for having me on today you're thank a dynamo you so much. what a blessing it's, to meet you it's been great thank you so much We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old.